Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch the Emmys with us. You did it! I I did it. <laughs> Congrats. Thank you. So a couple days ago or something, there was a thing that happened and it mattered in television. See, how did you how did you watch that thing that we we watched? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So so what we're talking about here, my snide Turdish manner aside, is last night, Sunday night, the Emmys aired on CBS, which is a network, in case you didn't know. And uh, this network is known for a little thing called broadcast. And uh, yeah, for those of us who don't have cable, there is an option to watch broadcast. And if you are someone like me, whose television predates the so-called digital transition, you can still access broadcast via an antenna. And you want to know who gave me an antenna? Who did that? Kelsey did. Kelsey gave me one. (laughs) Maybe against your will. (laughs) It was still worth it. It was a very cheeky anniversary gift because the one year wedding anniversary is paper, apparently, which I didn't know until you and another one of my friends sent us gifts. But Kelsey's contribution to the paper anniversary was a paper thin antenna. (laughs) <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> you see? You see that? How that one worked? Mm-hmm. No, all, joke, all joking aside, I spent an entire weekend making fun of her for it, but it's been a really useful addition to the household, and I think my husband appreciates it possibly more than I do. Which is shocking, because I thought he was maybe going to kick me out of your house. <laughs> no, uh, we actually had a really fun evening watching American Ninja Warrior the other night. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> What a gift. <laughs> what a gift. The gift that keeps on giving. Oh, and the season finale of American Ninja Warrior is Wednesday, I think. Sure. Thursday, maybe. Sometime this week. You gonna tune into that live broadcast? Yeah, I'm gonna watch that live broadcast on the <laughs> network television. <laughs> oh, this is bringing me endless joy. <laughs> Like, seriously, my TV is so old that all of the universal remote apps on every smartphone I've ever had don't recognize my television's existence. This is what happens when you live in Vermont, guys. Uh, It's not Vermont's fault. I bought that TV when I lived in Boston. Sure. It's true. Sure, sure. It's true. Anyway, so the Emmy has happened And we're binding off the Emmys, Mm -hmm. and we have some new listeners these days, and so if you weren't with us for Game of Thrones and House of Cards bind-offs, binding off is what you do to finish a knitting project, it's how you get the shit off the needles. And so that's what we call it when we finish a a television project, as it were. Mm -hmm. And I will say that a three-hour award show is a project. But not as much of a project as the Oscars tend to be. I was very pleased that I got to go to bed at at 11 o'clock last night. Yeah, tight three. Not bad. Yeah. 
I feel like this was my first full broadcast of an award show in a good many years. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I can even put a number on it. It might have been the last year that I had cable, which was my sophomore year of college. Yeah. So I don't know, like this seemed to me to be like a pretty tame and status quo award show. Like I don't feel like there were any like big moments. No, no. It was pretty quiet. Especially in the wake of what was it, the Golden Globes? The Oscars. Oscars. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that thing. The the one with the statue and everyone wears dresses. Right. Yeah. If, if you'd like to learn more about the Oscars, I think there's a show on Thought Bubble Audio for you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to Kirstie talk about the show. Oscars. It's, it's not my show. <laughs> not my show, not my problem. <laughs> uh, so... Um, so where do we want to begin with this, with this year's Emmys? I think we should go with our strongest category first. We're going to do the reverse Emmys. Okay, okay. Do you know what that is? No. All the other Bindoff-esque content that you're going to be listening to is going to be talking about best dressed and worst dressed. So we decided we didn't mm. care about that. What we are here to talk no. about is who spent the most time doing the sexy getting ready song mm-hmm. to arrive at the Emmys in the mm-hmm. state that they arrived in. All right. I had an easy one. Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair. <laughs> you saw his swagger. He could only accomplish that with sexy getting ready song. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to I'm going to do a cheap shot cuz I'm going to snipe it off your list maybe. Ooh. Gina Rodriguez. She was not on my sexy getting ready song list. No. No, I had her under hate watch my joy. Oh, fair, fair. But you're probably right. And it was well earned. It was. That was a well earned sexy getting ready song. It was the right move. Reese Witherspoon. Tell me about that that get up it was so elwoods it was like the elwoods suit dress of dreams and margaret willison from appointment television said that if it had been elwoods she would have worn it in hot pink and i do not think that it is true based on the tweed suit that she wore on her first day at harvard which was teal There were other times, too, in both Legally Blonde and Legally Blonde 2 where she wore teal instead of hot pink. Wow. What an expert in the field. (laughs) (laughs) This is why they call me out for for the big things. It's true. I'm going to go with Rashida Jones's glasses. Oh, my God. Those glasses were so lit. Like, no one in the world is, like, can pull them off. And yet, there they were. They were they were definitely there. They were all up on her face. Ugh. In a surprise, like, low-key, sexy, ready, getting ready song was LL Cool J. Yeah? Yeah, go look up what he wore. <laughs> Dude was, like, swimming in the sexy, getting ready song. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm also going to throw in whoever had the giant silver shoulders. 
Yes! I don't recall who that was, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, we joked about that one on Twitter um, because I theorized that each individual sleeve had its own sexy getting ready song. Mm-hmm. Sure did. <laughs> That's the end of my list. Do you have any more? Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy, um, Dolly Parton, obviously, but every day of her life is sexy getting ready song. Right. John Oliver, Kumail, Adam Scott, and Joseph Fiennes. Fair enough. That's the only way Joseph Fiennes was able to tame his beard. His beard <laughs> needed coaxing. Sometimes that's all it needs. <laughs> A little sexy getting ready song serenade. Exactly. <laughs> this is the kind of red carpet coverage you could get in 2018, folks. I'm just saying. Yeah, hire us. We're available. <laughs> we lots of time for contract negotiations. <laughs> Do you want do you want to air some grievances? Yes. I will save the primary gripe for you. Thanks. Because I have five other gripes. So <laughs> I'll try to keep it fair. So my number oh man. I have competing gripes. So my number one gripe is something that we talked about in our preview episode, but I was not able, even once the show started, to get over the amount to which the deck was stacked. Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost more painful to listen to the presenters say the name of the same show over and over again than it was to see it written out. Especially any categories where SNL um, was nominated. Because it was like, blah, 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 SNL. Or they didn't say SNL. Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live. And because it's such a long name, it's really noticeable when that's all you're saying. Mm-hmm. It, like, there was one category where Atlanta had one nomination, someone random had another, and the rest were all SNL. And it was super obvious when it was read out loud. So that was super annoying. And, like, as we talked about in that preview episode, it's like, you should really only get to have one. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, a lot of talk this year about what a diverse pool it was and how many different little shows got to win and, like, it was such a good opportunity for newer shows and it got some fresh blood in and whatever. But, like, think about how much more opportunity there would have been if they weren't stacking the deck. Yeah, but it was, like, super validating when Atlanta won that one that had, like, it was Atlanta, there was two of one show and then three of another, and Atlanta won. It was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the second the second category where Atlanta won. Yeah. Anyway, th- so that was tough, and it was tough to, like, watch it happen, and I, I wish that there was something to be done about that. Mm. <laughs> it was tough. So that right there, like, knocks out, like, three of my gripes. Right. SNL had its own gripe on my list, but that's a story for another day. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I mean, they did, like good work this season and certainly there's plenty going on in the world so like good job keeping up but snl is not the pinnacle of television comedy right now like there's more stuff going on in television i think that's fair and is also the story of the emmys like in in most categories i looked at the list and was like there is more going on in television Mm -hmm. which Leads to my next gripe, which is that Better Call Saul didn't win anything, Ugh. which is sad. And, like, I get it. It was a really tough year. There was a lot of good television. But it's been, like, consistently good for three seasons, and I don't think it's gotten any awards so far. It's 
And, like, as I said to you last night in Slack, like, it it lost in a lot of categories where it was up against Handmaid's Tale, which won because of the world that we live in right now is, like, these are modern times. And fine, like, Hollywood loves to circle jerk about their artistic ability to politic or something. But, like, Better Call Saul is just good television. Like, it's just really good art. Right. It It's telling a human story. It's not necessarily telling a story about the world as we know it right now. But, like, it's just a good story that's made fucking well. Can we just sit back and appreciate that for a hot second? And it's, like, television, television. Like, it's mm-hmm. structured for television. It's not trying to be a, an eight-hour movie. It's, like... No. Uses the episode format to the, its advantage, and it's so well made. It's so well made. Like, it's just good at what it does. It's solid all the way through, and it's artistic as hell. Mm-hmm. I... I would have liked to have seen it take one category. If just pick any of the ones. And I would have been happy with that. Yeah. And then uh, Seth Meyers' bronzer in uh, when he finally <laughs> got around to presenting. That was like, it was like some Luke Skywalker level shit. Yeah, it was tough. Oh my god, y'all haven't heard that rant yet. Spoiler alert. Coming soon. Coming soon to a hate watch near you. Um, and then my last gripe is a bit of a sticky one, and I won't get too deep into it, but the bit with Sean Spicer mm-hmm. was definitely a gripe for me. Yeah, it was not, not funny, guys. I read one take of it from Vulture, uh, which I sent you, Kelsey, um, but it basically backed up what I assumed happened, which was that uh, Stephen Colbert convinced them to bring him in to have an opportunity to make fun of him to his face. Like, Colbert brought him in to be part of this joke so that he would be, like, the butt of the joke. Yeah. But also the one delivering the punchline. Yeah. Which is, like, pretty pretty Colbert-level shit. And, like, fine, I guess, but I'm, it's a little soon. A little too soon for me. Yeah. So that's that's that. That's your gripes. Mm-hmm. I've got three. Great. I have that apparently <laughs> Shailene Woodley. Oh my god! On the red carpet, told everyone that she's too good to own a television, which is neat. <laughs> she was like, "All of these people, I just don't know how they have time. I read. I have books, so I read." But, like, if you're making money from the medium, maybe you should be involved in that medium. Like, I told you last night, that's like me not owning a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How? How do you do your job if you don't know what it, it's supposed to be like? Well, it's also just like, did you forget what you were on the set of? Right. Like, it's okay for you to make it, but it's not okay for anyone to consume it. Right. Like, that's fine. We just don't have to pay you then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, she's irritating. That was so fucking obnoxious. I tweeted about it twice. I was so annoyed. <laughs> I know. My petty gripe is, and it's not unique to this Emmys, but promoting mm-hmm. CBS programming and CBS yes. All Access. Oh my God, it was aggressive. 
It's like, did we need the young Sheldon slash Sheldon people? What the fuck was presenting that? Presenting an award because that was offensive to me. That was offensive. It's just because, like, they try to be subtle about it and they're like, these two people just happen to be on a CBS show together. It's like, <laughs> no so casual. Way. A CBS show that wasn't up for a single award. Right. Like, nice show, CBS. Mm. <laughs> and then my last grape is that it's going to go back to your SNL grape, Kirsty. Mm. Melissa McCarthy won the award that Carrie Fisher was supposed to have. Oh, shit. I missed that entirely. Mm-hmm. Which That's is so strange. I'm surprised by that. Straight up rude because she was great in Catastrophe this season. Yes, and she was. Deserved that award. And I'm a little angry about it. Yeah, I thought that would have been a given. Mm-hmm. So, rude. Oh, my other gripe. I have one more impulse gripe. It's like impulse sh- shopping, but a little grouchier. Mm-hmm. Was the CGI picture frames around oh, every yeah. dead person in the memoriam segment. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. <laughs> like, I texted Kelsey, and I was like, when I die, please make sure this doesn't happen to me. It was like... CGI from 1998. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked like one of those electronic cards that you can make to send out to people in mass emails. Yes. Where they say, like, upload your picture here, and then it makes a slideshow and automatically populates it to Gmail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving on to a lighter note. Yeah. Can Is it time to hate, watch, or joy? Yeah. I'm going to go first, just because. I'm going to choose Lena Waithe and Aziz winning for Thanksgiving and Lena Waithe doing the speech for it. That was such a good fucking moment. Mm -hmm. And such a good speech. Yeah. She got so much done in such a short couple sentences. She did. And I liked that, um, I'm sure it was discussed before, but I liked that Aziz just, like, didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. He seems to be someone mm-hmm. who, like, who doesn't just say, you know, he doesn't just, like, say things. He kind of is, like, an right. upstanding human. <laughs> yeah, he is all around an upstanding human. And, like, it they co-wrote it, but it is her story. Yeah. And so it's nice that he wasn't, like, trying to hop on that too much. But I read something today that gave me the impression that when he and Alan What's-His-Face won last year, that Alan made that speech. Yeah, I think he did, too. So maybe that's just, like, Aziz's thing. I really want him to get more praise. I want him to get endless Uh praise. I saw an interview um, with them this morning where he was talking about how that story worked and how he thought, like, he felt that the only reason it worked is because they tell it with heart and, like, they, they just, like, tell it like it is. And that's what comes through in the final story. And if they weren't able to do it on that personal level, it wouldn't work. And, like, a lot of artists say that. But to his point, he said that. And I was like, oh, Aziz, yes, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that did come through. Good job. Oh, he's just so great. I I do get the sense that, like, that whole cast involved in that project are just all around, like, upstanding humans. Mm-hmm. It, you can tell when you watch their product. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's so good. That fucking show. That show deserves everything in this world. Oh, God. <laughs> and I wasn't here for anyone on Twitter who was like, I didn't like season two of Master of None. They can suck who- it. Who's out there saying that? Like, what what show are they watching? I saw multiple people on my timeline say that. They were like, Thanksgiving what? was good, I guess, but season two wasn't good. What fresh hell is that? Yeah, I know. There, like, oh my god, I feel like it deserves its own fucking episode because there was so much that season two did that was so, like, far and above what most other seasons of television were doing in the last, like, ten years. Yeah. They did, like, so many things in one season, and it was sneaky as fuck. And it was just, like, I don't know. It was just well, I so feel wonderful. Like, I feel like, for me, it kind of sits in a similar place as Better Call Saul, where it's just good television. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just TV that they did really fucking well. And they use a lot of, like, tools and techniques and shit, but at the end of the day, it's just really fucking solid television. It is. And, like, in a time of prestige and, like, point making, I feel like just appreciating the product for what it is gets lost. So we're going to have our own award show called Really Fucking Good Television. And That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> Can we actually do that, though? Yeah, we'll do that this year, guys. Great. I love it. <laughs> really Fucking Good Television. Watch for it in the feed, guys. Ugh. Um, do you want to take a turn at your joy? The only thing I wrote down was Gina Rodriguez's dress, which we already talked about. It was fucking lit, y'all. It was so good. I didn't mean to snipe your joy. Oh, no, not at all. I spoiled it earlier. No, it was a really fucking good dress. And she just, like, slays. Yeah. She's one of those people who something about her face, you can just tell that she's, like, a sweet and nice person. Mm. Like, there's just something about, like, her, the way she carries herself, where I'm just like, you are a nice person, and I like you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice people only allowed at the really fucking good television awards. (laughs) Guys, I'm so fucking excited for this. Oh, boy. The red carpet coverage is going to be lit. It's true. We're going to make, like, paper dolls. <laughs> oh, it keeps getting better. <laughs> We're going to make, like, <laughs> like Ben Wyatt's stop motion of the red carpet <laughs> Requiem for an award show. <laughs> oh boy. Speaking of Adam Scott, because how can you not? Um, God. My other hate watch my joy was with presenters. Uh huh. I had so much joy for so many presenters. We had Adam Scott. Uh huh. Without his majestic beard, but still Adam Scott. Yep. We had my one true dad, Dennis Quaid, <laughs> and we had Anne. And we had Anne. Anne was here. Anne was here. That was lovely. Yeah, I appreciated to, this isn't really like a hate watch my joy, but just sort of like a general appreciation. 
Um, but I appreciated that there weren't too many bits, especially w- between presenters. Like, presenters just kind of came up and said their piece and then left. Mm. Because, like, I mean, I'm glad they're there and whatnot. It's nice to see someone besides the host. But I also don't, I'm not really here for them, you know? Stephen Colbert really got off with doing almost no work. Yeah, he was kind of a lazy host, wasn't he? Like, they had that CBS DJ, DJ do all the, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. random... The Harry Strickland... Yeah, Harry Strickland yep. was here. Uh, yep. But he would do all the, like, so-and-so has won three times for whatever award. And then he did, like, some of the weird transitions, and then they had, like, just presenter after presenter. So he wasn't seen for, like, the entire second half of this Yeah, he show. just disappeared. I feel like they blew most of his, like, allotted host time from his contract on that opening musical number. Oh, that's my extra joy! Yeah. Was the American scene in the opening number, because it was so (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) And that line in particular. Yeah, it was very strong. (laughs) Even Treason is better on TV. That was a good one. I was a little surprised they put a Confederate joke in there. That that whole section, there were like three other jokes that culminated in the Confederate joke, and I was like, ooh... (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, not sure about this. We on Hate Watch thought the Confederate jokes got too real and maybe cut a few out. So it was a little ballsy at the Emmys. Yeah, we were like, maybe now is not the time. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Emmys 2018, we got you. Well, and I said this to Kelsey, too, like... I have always, I mean, you know our sense of humor, right? Like, we are pretty inappropriate. And I've always been here for, like, pretty gutsy, inappropriate political humor. It's, like, kind of my personal brand. And I texted her at one point during this opening number, probably around the time that those jokes happened, and I was like, in these are modern times, I don't actually know what to do with this political humor in this context right now. Yeah. I just was... I was just, like, a little tense. It was just, like, a little, like, oh, I don't, oh, okay, ah. Yeah. They, it was interesting. It yeah. wasn't, it like I said, it, it is par for the course with every award show, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a little bit of a lot. Well, and certainly with Stephen Colbert, like, that's, right. they did that for a reason. Right. And he delivered, like, actually, I, I wish felt- he'd done more. Yeah, it felt like a very reserved version of Stephen Colbert. Especially how he's been lately on his show. Like, he's gone full yeah. Stephen Colbert on the Colbert whatever the fuck that's called, not the report. His... <laughs> is it, like, the late show with mm, Stephen Colbert? Mm-hmm. Or late night? or whatever. That is, like, the one late night show that I watch a lot of clips from. Yeah, no, he's he's straight fire, and, like, he had to spend a lot of time building credibility when he first moved over to CBS before he could start, like, really unleashing And now he's there. So it was interesting to see him scale back. And I can't remember what it was, but several years ago when he was still on Comedy Central, he did get to host some primetime award show. And yeah, I my vague memory from that time is that it was a far more ballsy (laughs) approach to hosting than he did last night. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what happens when your boss is also the host. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. I was going to say that, on the other hand, he did bring out Sean Spicer, which was kind of like a baller move, so. Yeah, fair enough. Do you have any uh, lingering thoughts? I don't think so. I feel like 
I'd have, I don't really remember what we predicted, but I feel like most of our predictions were right. Like, they went the route we thought they would and chose a lot of political wins. Yeah, that's fair. Will you be tuning in next year? I guess. This is like a thing we do now, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> it's like <laughs> contractually obligated. <laughs> well, you know, I now I get those broadcast channels. I gotta take advantage of that. That's true. <laughs> well, th- this has been fun. This has been our Emmys bind up. The Emmys will happen again next year. And probably between now and then, there will be other award shows. Our regular episode will be coming out tomorrow slash today, Tuesday, whatever. Regular episodes will continue onward that way in the future. Uh, listen to other shows on Thought Bubble Audio. You can find them on the internet, thoughtbubbleaudio.com. And uh, yeah, it's been real. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> Like tense, naked lady laugh, but I couldn't handle it.